Welcome to Paulas, a podcast about real life experiences from the mouths of legit working class people. Hiya! Hey up! I'm Selena. And I'm um, just a couple of Paulasses doing a podcast. What are you doing? Are you dancing? You or what? <laughs> I can hear you banging I was about. I was checking the work phone was off, so it didn't, someone, it's that buzzing going, do you sell, can I come and get this? They were fucking shut. No. Nice. I'm going to keep this in the recording, by the way. This is how we're going to kick things off. <laughs> All right, then. Johnny Tenphones. Cool. <laughs> hey, I've only got two. I've got three, actually. I've got my old one. Oh, buddy, I've got three phones, eh? Just mm, pr- fresh. What can I say? <laughs> so... Uh, hi, Selena. We are clearly just very naturally hi, uh, starting a phone call, real natural like. Oh, hello. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> Is that you, Em? Oh, it's hi. me. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> so today, I'm all right. are you all right? <laughs> uh, well, you know, do you feel like you can't really say you're all right because of uh, the w- the current Armageddon that's going on? Whenever anybody says, are you all right? You're like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> is, is it that thing you're like, well, you know, best I can be considering. Is it, is it that thing you say? Or when people go, uh, hiya, hope you're all right in all this madness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, I think so, I don't know. In this you strange know, world. I've before. Yeah, it's my it's my first coronavirus. Um, I don't know. Ask me in a few weeks. Bloody mental. See how I'm getting on. So, also, this is uh, the first podcast recording in my new house that I decided to move into on my own, right before the fucking full world quarantine. So before you, (laughs) what? It's like before you got told that, you know, you this is this is your life now, in the house, all the time. Yeah. Non-stop. So In your new house that you've just moved into. That I don't know anybody, any of my neighbours. Yeah. And, and I can't have any bloody visitors around. And I can't be going outside in case the bloody cops pull me over, you know, for taking more than five minutes stroll outside. So, it's a, pr- it's a bit fucking weird, <laughs> to be honest. It's a bit weird. But I'm just getting to the point now where at least I've got my cat to talk to and I can furiously wave out the window at neighbours who haven't even met me yet. <laughs> so that's the vibe. <laughs> that's the vibe. Like, who are you? I have to talk through the walls. It's like, who is that fruity lady that's just moved in over there that's waving furiously out the window? <laughs> so... um do you know, while I was uh, setting everything up, because obviously I've not recorded a podcast in this room yet, so I was setting everything up earlier, and um, I seen this car pull up outside, and obviously just having a bit of a nosy, and these two lasses got out. They're like in their 50s, something like that, um, and they walked to end of um, end of this lady's garden out over at road, and they started shouting, Mom! Mom! We're here! And then old lass opened the door, and this obviously, you know, keeping distance, right? So they can't go into the house. So two lasses at end here, proper shouting, and old lasses stood in the doorway. And I was like, how nice is that? They've just driven around corner to shout at their mum <laughs> from end of garden. It's <laughs> like, hey, you're all right. That, that's what, you know, that's the life we're living now. But yeah, it was quite sweet, yeah. actually. 
and they they put a little um a little bag of stuff at the at a door, and then they drove off, and then old last took it front door. But um, yeah, how nice is that? Given the circumstances, of course. Be, yeah, I think so. Few of that on um, Sunday. Oh yeah. Driving round, shouting at the mums, dropping a bag off. It's fucking off its head, isn't it? Do you know um, I were uh, chatting to Casbo last night, and uh, yeah, she's she's fast becoming a Twitter sensation. I swear, my mum. She, um, <laughs> I keep putting her top quotes on Twitter. Um, she were having a moan yesterday because obviously after the, you know, Boris's uh, announcement last night, um, yeah. she says. Well, it's all right for all of you. You can just stay inside with your hair all looking crap and, you know, having all your roots and everything. Nobody's going to see you. She said, but I've still got to go to bloody work. And my hair... <laughs> that's what she said. She said, my hair looks like a pig's bloody ear roll. <laughs> well, that's what my mum said yesterday. So she was supposed to get her hair done today, but... Because we have a mobile hairdresser that comes around now. Yeah. And then she was like, so can, can she not come do me hair? I was like, no, she said, what about me greys? What about my grave? This is like, the problem, isn't it? They'll see, they'll see me in work. And I was like, oh, yeah, sorry, I'm still going to work. Yeah, that's the bloody problem. Like, some people have uh, have got to still go into work and they've got no access to, you know. <laughs> Think of the mums with the, with the shit hair. Yeah, my mum's fuming, not having that at all. She's like, they should have uh, a hairdresser, uh, what's it called? They should have a key worker hairdresser allowance. <laughs> Bless. But yeah, um shout outs to all the mums out there doing the uh doing the key work key working jobs like my mum's um NHS receptionist in GP surgery, having to fend all people off, having to show all people how to use bloody video chat when she don't even know herself. Well <laughs> 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 yeah, that's it, isn't it? They're putting all appointments to on um you know, to phone only and loads of them haven't got a clue how oh, to right. use it. I can imagine. Yeah, it's mad. And um, my dad, he works in a care home, and he is—he has cancer, as you know. But you know, which makes him high risk. But is six months after finishing his radiotherapy, so they've said to him, oh, "It's all right, mate. Uh, you can still work." <laughs> See, like, ah, oh, nice oh, one. Yeah. So I'll go to the old people's home where everybody else is proper high risk, uh, and we'll all just be a big bubble here of um, of complete fear. Big high risk bubble <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> yeah, how good's that? Well, it's all right, mate. Here's some good news. Uh, you know, you. I can't remember what they call. It. Is it like cell count or something? It's looking pretty good at the minute. Uh, so anyway, yeah, you can you can stop at work. That's so you fine. might as well. So you want to die to death again and just go to work? <laughs> Absolutely mental. <sighs> anyway, it's like he's sixty-five as well. Do you know what I mean? It's not like he's a he's seventeen years old, or like he's he's also yeah. old. Ah, but anyway, so what's your sitch, mate? Your team retail. Well, I like I said, I feel like I'm like two weeks behind everyone. I had my last day at work yesterday. Well, we closed on Saturday, but went in and stock takes yesterday. So and because. Like all my immediate family were still going to work as well. I was just like, mm, it's not, it's not real, it's not real, it's normal, it's normal. We're all going to work, and now I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm not going to work. So, 
We'll see. We'll see. I think that's the thing, isn't it? If you've got some level of normalcy at the moment, people just mm. like going about just doing normal stuff. Like, if you've got to go to work and everybody else in your house is going to work and going to school and whatever, of course it feels yeah. totally normal. Well, like, I think it's taken to, you know, last night's news for everyone just to go, fucking hell, right, that's it. Yeah. Stay in. Yeah, because Sunday yeah, we're piss take outside. Everyone were out. Yeah, it's that thing, isn't it, though? We're British, we see a bit of sun. But, um, <laughs> Saturday, yes, Saturday was our last day, and sat, usually Mother's Day is our in retail for, well, where I specifically work, Mother's Day is like second to Christmas, it's the busiest day. Yeah. And it was so weird. And it was just like, we had people coming in, but mostly people buying stuff to post to their mums because they're not going to see them. And they were like, oh, we were planning to see you, but obviously we can't now. But yeah, it was like, it felt more like New Year's Day than like the day before Mother's Day. And we were all like, it was like we're at the last day of term or something. You know. Proper weird, that. Yeah, when you're just like kicking about and not really doing anything. Because, you know, last day of term. Yeah, it was bizarre. So how how were you guys dealing with it at work then? Were you having to like wear gloves and spritz stuff or like did you have to put any measures well, in place or yeah so that came like i think two two, two one and a half weeks ago two weeks ago so obviously where i work um it's well known for being very um well we deliver five star customer service but it, we're a very hands-on interactive place you know you're not just positioned at the till like we're all yeah. on the shop floor and we're we're very much about touching stuff Touching people, <laughs> touching people. We're and all like about touching people. Spending time with people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like we sit down and like for half an hour chatting to someone about their life and products. So yeah, it was literally like everything I've learned in the past seven years. Do the opposite. So like keep your distance. No demos of any products at all, which is completely weird because like that's literally what we do. Yeah, no touching people. Um, you know. Yeah, like kind of leave people to their own devices and like this is literally everything the opposite of what we've been taught or what we do do and with our products as well because then all our stuff it's cosmetics it's all plastic packaging free so everything was like we were like taking it all off the shelves wrapping it up so it looked like we you know just sold out of everything <laughs> it just was so weird but that's yeah. mad like how how people could just sort of carry on thinking, ah, oh, this will all just blow over when you've got mad shit like that coming in place. <laughs> yeah, but even like yesterday, so yesterday I'd say majority of shop, shops in the town centre would shop by Saturday. I think loads shot on Friday, Saturday loads shot. Even like, you know, your big your big giants, like your top shops, your like Primark was shot yesterday and there were still people wandering around like trying to shop and uh, couple of people trying to come in we were, we were in there shot doing stock take and packing up and stuff and we're like um, maybe you all need to just go home yeah it's it's, it's proper mental and like the amount of times that people are sharing stuff saying yeah you might not have any symptoms mate but every time you touch anything you know like it's it's mad and the other thing that scares me is like we all these panic buyers and, and all this business is you can't I think the biggest fear for me at the moment is because I'm obviously here on my own and I can't walk to a big supermarket or whatever um is there's just nothing there's just nothing in the fucking shops 
And like, if you want, if I wanted to go to Big Asda, get myself to Big Asda because there ain't no slots until like fucking twentieth of April or something online. I were in a queue last night yeah. for Ocado because I thought, right, if all the other shops are shut, they pick, um, they pick the orders from actually being in the shop. So I thought maybe if I go to Ocado because they're like basically a warehouse, no shop. Yeah, yeah, that I should be all right. And I were number six thousand in queue in a fucking virtual waiting yeah, list. Yeah, somewhere else. So I thought, right, if I want to go to, to Big Asda and I get there, I ain't got any Perel to put on my hands while I'm going in there. While I'm there, you don't know who's touched out, right? And then you're obviously going to go home and bring take home whatever you've just picked up there. And the fucking poor people that are on the checkouts and shit, like, it's just fucking mental. Well, that's the thing. Because I feel like two weeks ago we had like the most sh- we had loads of shitty customers in and we're not even selling food yeah but we had like really like angry customers just being really entitled and downright rude and we were like oh my god this is for like it kicked off big time and we were just like mm. but then and then yeah like as i said like we we started like cleaning regularly doing all this stuff and then i was like popping to supermarket on my dinner and People just shouting at people at Aldi, and I was just like, "What's wrong with you? Like, stop shouting at the workers!" Um, like, I knew it existed, you know, but I was like, "It's brought out the worst people." I was like, "Wait, maybe it's just brought out the actual people." But yeah, just like people getting aggro over a bar of bloody soap. Just like chill. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the other thing is like. It is disproportionately affecting working class people here, right? So I know there's all these people giving it the, um, oh, well, other week you were saying all these people are, like, disposable, but now they're, you know, they're the saviours and they're the ones that are key workers. Yeah, but what we're not talking about is the fact that we're saying to everybody, you're going to kill people just by going outside. And then we're also telling people who are getting paid fucking, like, whatever pound an hour to sit and deal with all your stupid rude pricks on checkouts or GP receptionists like my mum. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're telling people in society, oh, yeah, you're you're killing people just by being outside. But then you're also forcing these people, forcing people like my dad who's got cancer, to go out there and care for people and keep the world ticking over and keep money making and keep, do you know what I mean, The, the country running. How do you think they fucking feel? They feel like you're not talking to them. It's like going, oh, do you know what? Yeah, they don't matter. They get paid nothing. I'm not bothered about them. They're disposable. If they get ill and they continue to, you know, infect each other and then everyone's fucked, it's fine. Do you know what I mean? It's absolutely like a big class issue here that we're not talking about because we're just wanting to be like social police fucking wankers all the time on Instagram, shaming people. Like, you can't be putting their messages out and forgetting that people are going to see them who are forced to be outside. They've got their own fears, they've got their own worries, and they can't help it. They're, if they're being told they're a key worker, they've got to fucking go to work or they ain't getting paid. And that is something that is fucking really important. And it's, it's even like people are like, oh, but you'll get something. But it's like, you but it's not enough. Or it's not, you can't just say that and then expect everyone to just 
you know, be like, yeah, okay then, right, so that's me staying inside. Or, you know, like people, they've got to go to work. Yeah, and And you can say all this what you want about like, oh, there'll be rent freezes and oh yeah, you know, Boris is going to pay 80% of your wages. Mate, if your wages aren't very high, 80% is even more of a chunk off that. And when's it coming in? Yeah, also like mortgage holidays. It's like, everyone's like, oh yeah, mortgage holidays. I'm like, oh, so everyone has a bloody mortgage, do they? Yeah, but also like, everybody knows, right? Working class people know. You need that money. Like if it's right, I'm getting paid on Wednesday. You need to know that money's in your bank on Wednesday because you've got to pay X amount of people or whatever it is, right? So you don't get disconnected. Or you need that money on Wednesday so you can put it in your meter so you can have some lecky. It's not a, oh yeah, you know, um, Boris Johnson said on telly that he's going to sort all this stuff out. Yeah, but when, mate? What day and how much are you giving me? Uh, on what conditions? You know. So it, you're freezing me rent, you're topping up me meters, you're paying my instalments for my things that are on HP. Um, what else are you doing? You've got to have enough money to go and get all your freezer shit as well. Because at the end of the day, right, everybody going mad about the panic buyers. Yeah, some of the panic buyers are grade A dickheads. Like, what are you doing scrapping outside Aldi, right, and buying up all the shit that people need? Especially, like, hellfire for all those people who are selling toilet roll for 100 quid on Facebook Marketplace. But anyway, (laughs) they're one set. The other set, though, is... You are genuinely, like, the the world is fucking frightened and scared, right? And you need to get what you need in the house. But if you live in hand-to-mouth, you haven't got money to be panic buying, really. Do you know what I mean? But the fear is yeah. making you feel like, especially now, because it's like, go, go to shops, but only if you really need stuff. Yeah, but you can't buy out, mate. So when you see a loaf of bread, you're like, I'm going to have to buy five and freeze it because I don't know what next time I'm going to get bread is. Where do you get that extra well, money from? Like, me and my mum were saying, because everyone else was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not over buying, but I'm getting some stuff in. But I'm like, oh, I think we've, because I don't know if it's because and so I was like, now we just literally go to the shop and buy what we need for that day. Yeah. We don't ever have like a stock of food in. And then we're like, so now it's like, what? We have to have like X amount of food in. I yeah. think it's because we never did. So we not we don't understand this mentality of we don't like doing a big shop. It's like that's probably just crisps, just loads of crisps. <laughs> but like, you know, like maybe like milk, toilet oil, but then like getting other things. In. I don't know. We it's just something that we don't do as a family. We don't go and you know when someone opens the cupboard, they're like, oh yeah, I've got this amount of summer. And you're like, well, I've got one of it because. When that's gone, I'll go and get another. Yeah. Because, you know. It was like people like bulk buying and stuff. I did like, there was um, a thing at work that was about reducing your plastic. And you're like, buy a big bag of pasta because there's less plastic on that than a smaller bag. I'm like, yeah, but if it's a big bag of pasta for a five pound, first of all, where am I going to store this giant fucking big bag of pasta? Second of all, if it's five pounds, if I've only got five pounds, why am I going to spend it on the pasta? What am I going to put on my pasta? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, so I yeah. I live in that mentality where I'm like... And then I'm going in supermarkets and I'm like, just get the smart price tomatoes. And I'm like, do you think the smart price left? There's only bloody Napolini. <laughs> so, so now everyone, nobody wants brands anymore. 
everyone's buying the cheap pasta so all you can buy is the fresh pasta it's like people that can afford to pay what if it's only like 20p more but that's 20p can go far you know buying the ch- cheapest version of summer and yeah. buying 50 of it yeah because like, that's the difference of feeding yourself for a day or feeding yourself for a week isn't it and again the yeah. the fear that you've got at the minute that not only are you not allowed to go out and you feel like you're in the fucking handmaid's tale i mean for good reason but that's how it feels you know oh police might stop you in the street to ask you what you're doing what the fuck do you know i mean you're allowed one bit of exercise a day it's some mad shit that it feels like we're in a tv show but um like i say good reason need to not spread it but it's fucking mental and the fear is so weird there's no rule book for this we haven't been you know taught how to deal with this in school because it's mental so how everybody's coping is just like trying their best but the fear is everywhere and you just don't know what the fuck to do so it's not like a normal day where you'd walk in asda and just buy your normal stuff you're like fucking hell right okay oh there's one tin of beans i better get that because beans is a thing oh dried pasta that's the thing yeah you don't know if in two days time they just go do you know what complete lockdown you've got a just online shop right because it could it could just say right you've just got an online shop yeah all right then well no online shops are getting delivered for like three weeks four weeks you know what what do we do then he's not fucking asked is he no also if you're if you're online shopping i'm assuming like any online shopping you have i guess you need like a bank account with a card yeah of course you do yeah 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 so that so what about it's not for everyone if you don't have that how do you do your online shopping yeah exactly also how do you do your shopping if you haven't got an house or you're not at a fixed place do you know what i mean all that time in advance as well (sighs) yeah it's all kinds of madness but yeah as as ever certain people in society are not part of the conversation or are but in a completely like oh yeah i've seen this meme and now i totally get it like no the other thing that i seen on twitter that proper had me raging was um people saying like Oh, no shame in getting a second job, guys. I've just got a job stacking shelves in Morrison's. You know, no no shame in that. Like, fucking no shame in that. Like, don't be such a Tory prick. Do you know what I mean? It's like... You, it's like, like they're, they're trying to talk on a level like, oh, yeah, cool, mate. This, yeah, you know, we can all just can work imagine, on... can um, imagine when it's all over as well, they'll be like, oh, do you remember that? Oh, yeah, you know, I was, I was a hero. I went and stacked some shelves went and stacked some shelves in there you know me i mean you know i've got a phd but went and stacked some shelves or something like stupid oh yeah like and, um, like, you know like oh do you remember, do you remember how part, fucking shit it shelves. was yeah but do you know what i don't even think they're doing it to help me i think they're just doing it because they're like oh shit uh, i can't do my other job which is like my proper job do you know what i mean so i'm gonna take yeah. this like job that i just don't respect or don't take seriously oh do you remember oh do you remember back in 2020 when i had to fucking work at aldi bloody hell <laughs> Oh, my mates don't they, see they me. They probably won't get a job, Aldi. Probably couldn't stand quick enough as a school job, that is. Mate, that, that is up there, Aldi. You've got to have some... Pr- like, you genuinely have, haven't you? It's harder to get a job at Aldi than anywhere else. Anyway. It, maybe it'd be good. Get them all working in retail. Let's see how uh, it's not a piss, piss easy. <laughs> well, it's just... Honestly, the amount of people that were retweeting that... People who I respect as well, right? Were retweeting that. Because they were thinking, Oh, it's good this. Everybody can get jobs. But like, no... You're missing the point. We don't use the fucking phrase. No shame in this. Yeah, no shame in it, you fucking Tory knobhead. Shut up. Stop it. That's someone's, that's someone's actual job every day. 
not just during the pandemic. They're not, you know, on the way to Asda being like, oh, going to work, I feel so much shame because I'm just working at Asda. But it's okay, they told me now no shame in it. Now I'm a hero, so it's fine. (laughs) So it's fine. Everything's fine, I'm a hero, don't care about the poor people, they can just keep spreading it to each other. I'm alright in my house with my lecky on and my TV still connected, do you know what I mean? Everything's fine. Yeah. Dear me. Speaking of tellies being connected, uh, you know, the um, worldwide telecoms <laughs> company that I work for. <laughs> I love how everybody <laughs> knows who we work for, but we just don't say it. Um, no, and I was like, play a game, who do we work for? <laughs> if you can guess it, we'll send you 50p in post. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the the thing that has been really nice, aside from the fact that it's, like, fucking crazy busy at the minute, I'm very lucky I get to work from home. I can do my entire job from home because I work in tech. So I am very lucky. Also, big company means I'm safe in terms of money. Also great. Feel very thankful. You know, I spent a lot of my life in very risky situations, so I feel very safe, very thankful at this point. So just want to make that clear. But um, the something that's been really really excellent is how they are handling customers who currently cannot pay their bills or are wanting to cancel contracts or whatever because they're so worried that they can't actually you know they don't know when their money's coming in they don't know if they can pay the bills right so not sure how much i can say of this but basically um for those that can't afford it they are not turning the services off for anyone so they might restrict, you know, what type of things that you can and can't see. Obviously, they're not just going to go, it's all right, mate. Keep your £100 a month package. Um, but <laughs> they're making sure because everybody is quarantined and everybody is yeah. struggling that nobody's getting cut off. And I just think in terms of big business, that's fucking awesome. You know, and that made me really proud that, to be honest, when when the news came out, I was like, fucking yes. And also um, giving free data for mobile customers as well, like 10 gig of data. Um, you know, it's it's nice to see. I know obviously all these big businesses could fucking solve all these big problems, but at the same time, they could also do fuck all and just be a total dick like Sports Direct and they're not, and Weatherspoons, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, also, let's just think about the fucking irony here of Sports Direct and Weatherspoons, who claim to be like working class fucking like, working-class culture legends. Do you know what I mean? They totally play on that, and they take their money off the working classes, but at the same time, being absolute dicks. Laying staff off, who have worked their years, not giving a fuck, right? That's some bad shit. Don't like it at all. You know, I'm sure nobody likes it, but it's just that that fucking thing again of... Those two places, you get so much money off the working classes. What the fuck are you doing? It's just pure greed. It is pure greed. And also I feel like employers that are quite well known for not being great employers anyway. Yeah. But yet still just doing what the fuck they want. Yeah. I seen um I seen a lad post on on Twitter the other day about Nando's and he said that Nando's have been absolutely sound, paying everybody, everything's good, you know, wishes everybody else were the same. It's like again, you know, back to the telecommunications mystery company that I work for <laughs> they don't have to they, they're making an actual loss they don't have to do it and I'm just like fucking yes more companies do that please 
you know, have a heart because at the end of the day, it's all humans. There's not a fucking, like, giant robot at the top that controls everything. It's all humans. At every level in your business, if you can impact some kind of change and, you know, push these things through and have those ideas, then fucking brilliant. That's awesome. So, people, keep doing that. If you're in a bloody position where you can make a change and make, an, you know, some kind of difference, then just fucking do it. <laughs> Get it done. Get it done. Um, so, in terms of, like, obviously you've got your situation at the moment at your mystery retail company that people can try and guess, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> um what like what how are you coping with things at the minute what what's this day day what for you day one day one of like are you working from home or are you like you just can't work well no so well because we were like do they want us to be doing stuff because i am like a, a member of i'm a supervisor but literally there's not there's nothing we can do um so yeah, from like put things on our social media. Not really anything that we'll be doing. We might be we might do some bits and bobs. Mostly just like having a laugh with the team, keeping in touch. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's the weird thing. But there's there's lots of many unanswered questions, which I think was like how it was like two weeks ago or a week ago, I've got even knows what time it is anymore. Um, where like retail and hospitality was in limbo. Where it was like, Well, do we shut? Do we not shut? what's going on so it's still a bit like that I think yeah well how does it feel though like because potentially you like if you're not working from home you just can't work and you're just in your house like what how are you feeling about that because then like last last week when all news hit so because I work part-time in retail and I also put part-time freelance artists then any like events I was doing or workshops up until like June I was booked in for all cancelled um, and then but most I think everybody got in touch being like oh we still want to pay you kind of like pay you in credit and then do the workshop at a later date blah 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 but I, I was there like being like it's fine I'm still employed I work part-time so if you need to be paying somebody else pay someone else and they're like support other people who are like full-time freelance because you won't get sick pay if anything happens blah and all that um whereas now i don't know i think i've not had time to think about it like i know i'll get paid something even though i'm not doing anything but it's still a bit like oh a bit a bit odd if you um got involved in this fucking house party app has anybody give you a hard sell on that yet Yes, someone at work on Saturday because I was like, "How can we stay connected?" So yeah, we've uh, so we've already. I think I'm, I may have exhausted that in my one day off. <laughs> Mate, it's but, no. It's all I've well and good in that, but so. <sighs> oh yes, treat. So yeah, because my sister's still working, nursery shop. So today and tomorrow is looking after my nephew. So, Absolute dreamboat. That that's kind of yeah. That's, that's my day that's my week so far i feel like that house party app right it's doing my fucking head in like with the amount of notifications so and so is in the house so and so oh. and so and so are in the house yeah see i don't have any notifications but i don't have any notifications for anything 
I need to turn them off because they yeah, do my head in. but apparently it happens all the time. I'm like, well, everyone's in the fucking house. Everyone's in the bloody house. And then it's we like, so-and-so wants to make, make friends with you. So-and-so wants to chat. So-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. They're all in the house. What are you doing not being in the house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it tainting up. it a bit. Tainting it a bit, you know. So... Other than house party, is it called house party? I'm like questioning myself now. It's like when you no, try and spell something. It's called house party. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, so, aside from that, um, we had some questions that came in. Yeah. And some comments as well. So, um, let me just have a little look. So. Our mate Melisa has sent a message saying people keep slating hoarders when actually capitalism is to blame for that shit. Discuss. <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it's, yeah. Like you said, it's creating that panic buying it that you need it. So then people panic and you're like, I, I don't even know, but everyone, if there's none left, then what am I going to do? Yeah. <sighs> Grim. I really just hate anything to do with people judging anyone for what they spend the money on, full stop. You know, because it's just so complex. Yes, if there's one dude and he's buying 400, puts, you know, things a toilet roll, and like I say, going onto Facebook Marketplace and selling them for 100 quid, you're not you're not the artful dodger, mate. You're not like them them cool kids who go to school and flog multipacks for 10 yeah, markup. No. You're just a dickhead. In a situation like this, you're just a proper bellend. But, yeah, if don't be judging somebody who's genuinely fearing what the fuck they're going to do, especially if they're still having to go out there and work full-time and they're not going to have a chance to go and buy food. Do you know what I mean? They might be trying to buy stuff for a week or whatever. The kids might be at home while they're at work. They might need to be just getting stuff in for them. So, again, I think just... If people just need to fucking just be a bit respectful, you don't know people's situations. Um... Another one that's come in that is anonymous is just an anonymous tip that if you ring Job Centre at the moment, they're not really checking too heavily into claims, so ring them up if you're in hardship. So I don't know if this person works there or whatever, um, but sounds like it's worth a try. Also, I hear a lot about this um, universal credit business with freelancers. I don't know if you have you heard much about that as well. Yeah, so obviously they were saying you can apply for it, but I think, again, I don't know the ins and outs, I don't know, because if you think about, the more you think about who's actually self-employed and freelance, like someone came to fix our sofa the other day and he was self-employed, freelance, hairdresser, you come around, self-employed, freelance, I'm, I feel like people, I don't know if it's because of the crime movement, it's not just like artists and things like that, it's, there's a lot of people, taxi drivers, self-employed, do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot, so I don't know what the criteria is, but then they said they bumped it up to know it wasn't normal universal credit, so it would it'd be more so they were um, legible for statutory sick pay. But again, I've known a few people have looked into it, but I don't know, again, what the criteria is. Yeah. Whether you have to prove a certain thing, I don't know. Uh, I fucking bet you'll have to jump through whoops of fire, like, like always. If anybody does know when you listen to this, um, and you can fill us in a bit more then we'll put it on our stories so other people can, can benefit from it. Um, yeah, if you try to get it or if you've filled in whatever you need to fill in or spoken who you need to speak to. Yeah, we'll um, we'll just get all the info and put it on the stories if you want to help 
if you've got any tips or anything that you want to share with us um, that we can put on there, do let us know. Um, there's also obviously lots of um, people, uh, community groups, etc., um, looking for support at the moment. Obviously, uh, food banks are absolutely on their ass because, you know, regular folks out there, everybody's fucking struggling. You know, rich people, poor people, whatever. Everybody is struggling to get what they need from the fucking supermarket. So they're worried and they're just getting what they can get. What they're not thinking about is all the people that need it aside from them as well because you get into this fear loop and you're panicking and whatever. So, you know, people are worried. Uh, also, decent human beings are like, well, do you know what? I'm not going to buy 10 of them, which people usually do, in it. So if you give to a food bank, you tend to go, right, while I'm there, I'm getting some dry pasta. I'll get three bags of dry pasta and I'll put two in food bank. That's what people tend to do. But they're not doing that yeah. now because A, yeah. you're worried because you've got to overbuy anyway. And then two, you're like worried that people are looking at you thinking, what's she doing buying three of them? <laughs> so, you know, that's bad and, and food banks are hit pretty hard at the minute. So, you know, if anybody has any particular um, places locally or has any stories um, that you want to share, we'll put that on the feed as well. Um, we, um, you know, we've both donated to... Um, what are they called, Selena? It's gone really dark in my room, I'll be honest with you. It's dark, <laughs> and I forgot about the fact that it was going to go dark while we were filming. You filming? Put the light on. Recording this. No, I'm sat <laughs> in the fucking dark. And uh, I'm, I'm very far away from a lamp. Um, safety for um, sisters. Safety for sisters, yeah. So, yeah, because we at work the other day, um, so we had a food bank collection going in just with the team because we were like, what can we do? Um, which we distributed out and we've been giving soap and stuff out so all 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 the shops who are part of the company I work for given donated all their soap because we've all shut now um, but yeah so and I was because I've done we've done like raised money in store selling a product for this um, safety for sisters but as mentioned anyway they were saying like they think the the one of the organizers for safety for sisters is really worried that um, a lot of they don't want like community groups to not be as inclusive as they could be. So Safety for Sisters is a organisation for migrant women who um, have who are survivors or are in situations that revolve around um, violence uh, and abuse to do um, often domestic violence things like that. And they're like a group that meet, but they're also worried about women people that have um, no recourse to public funds. So people that aren't even kind of in the system in that sense that aren't getting money and then being told they can't leave the house a lot of them have children a lot of them have like homes they're not safe in or even not even homes that are really their home um so they just really worried that they're not going to get you know seen to by mutual aid and community groups and things like that um so yes yeah, so they've put a call out for kind of like donations of money yeah, I saw um, in particular as well, they're after baby supplies um, and baby food and, and things like that, which is just absolutely fucking terrible because you can't get that shit anywhere, you know. And then if you're a person who, you know, doesn't have a car to go round for, you know, four or five different local shops to see if they've got it, you sure as shit can't buy it online. What if you can't feed your baby? Do you know what I mean? That, that's the reality of this situation, that you can't, you, you know, you're not seeing on BBC News every night and Boris Johnson's not thinking about. That's very real people who cannot feed their babies. It's insane. So, you know, I think 
if we can, whatever we can do, I know everybody is obviously dead worried about, you know, the money that we're going to keep having. There's people, you know, like I've said earlier, I'm in a good spot, right? I'm very fortunate at this point that there's going to be a lot of us out there who will save money from being inside. <clears throat> and if we've got a certainty that we're going to keep getting paid, let's just really consider what it is we might be able to to contribute to community groups like this. Because, you know, this this is some fucking real shit for those people and their voices are not always being heard unless we're circulating this stuff. Um, we as in the royal we, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, if, people, if, if people don't know what's out there and don't know the situations of others, they don't know where they can put their money. But like, right, so for example, for what I've been thinking about a lot of the last week is... Um, I now don't have to go into work every day. I don't, you know, now I now I live here as well, and I have a car. Um, I'm scared to drive it a lot of time. I, it's like ridiculous, but I have to do it. So I'm I'm getting over my fear of it. Um, I'm lucky that I have a car. So I, you know, pay for the petrol to get to work. I pay to park in the parking place at work. That in itself, I'm not paying. You know, just by being in the house. Then on top of that. I'm not maybe spending money on, um, let's be real, noodles every day a week from Tesco. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Drinks and snacks for work. work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, going to a gig or getting on a train or all them things that typically, you know, and if you've got Monzo or something like that, you can look back on an average month and you can see um, how much you spend on each of these things. Is there anything you can do, even if it's a fiver, right? If we think about all them people that are just not not having access to bloody baby food and milk, it's that that th- that got me the most out of out of that post because that is up there with you know your hand sanitizer and all that shit. But this is baby food; they fucking need it. It's so bad. So yeah, yeah. it's like just like a hot drink. Like most people buy like a hot drink on the way to work at least once a week. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can easily spend You're not buying that, twenty five quid probably on Starbucks if you commute, especially. Do yeah. you know what I mean? A week. If there is anything, do think about you know, if you're lucky, like we've said, obviously we're not expecting everybody, but as we know, the most generous people are usually the working classes. Just saying. Um <laughs> <laughs> It's true though, isn't it? It's fucking true. If you can yeah. pick up any bit in your um spending habits that you can you can switch up and help some people out we've we've just got to all do it um which so what i decided to do last week um for me personally because i realized how much i'd be spending each week is uh, saving each week sorry is um books so when all the kids um were told that they had to work work <laughs> the parents had to work <laughs> from home and then there's kids, and then there's the key workers of the kids, and there's all these situations where lots of kids might not have access to any kind of educational um, things, or even just books in general at home. Um, like, when I was a kid, we didn't have books in the house. You know, to this day, my parents don't have a bookshelf in the house. It's just not a thing. And, and when I tell people that, it's like mind-blowing. Because, again, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what it's like to have something uh, if you know if you've never had it and vice versa people just think oh books yeah staple thing not always the case some people's parents can't read some people you know 
it's just a TV house. You just that's just the way it is. Like everybody's different. Some people read books just at school, or you know, when I was a kid, it would be at school or it would be at the library. Now you know, there's library shortages now as well. Um, and thankfully, as of yesterday, the libraries got shut down because obviously everybody was, you know, getting pretty fucking pissed off that they weren't shutting them down, you know, led by all the people who work in libraries themselves. Um, but some kids for a number of months might not have access to a book at all. Um, so, you know, based on based on my childhood and, you know, and, and my brother and we had a good conversation recently, me and my brother, about how reading was a massive part of, you know, shaped who we are today and how we are as people and, you know, how we've gotten to the points that we have. Because, you know, like I work in technology, right? It's classed as like a good job. My brother's a teacher um, and we both love reading. And in theory, we didn't have books growing up. So it's almost a fluke that, you know, that we both ended up loving books and, and crediting them so much. So anyway, that was a bit of a long explanation, but I wanted to sort of set the tone of, why I wanted to do what I wanted to do, but I just decided that what I wanted to do was put some money aside that I was going to save and send some books to kids, right? So I have a paid-up Amazon Prime membership. I know not everybody likes Amazon, but it meant that every single penny would not be spent on delivery costs because I've already paid them as with my Prime account. So I can just send stuff out to anybody's address from my house without having to go to post office, and it's just easy, right? And kids' books are so cheap. Like, some of the books that I've bought so far... So, I've sent books now to 13 kids, right? And some of them are, like, £3 or 5 quid. They're so cheap. So, again, that's another thing. If you want to donate to what I'm doing, which people have been doing, got some very generous donations so far, you can totally do that. Um, if you go on my Instagram, which you can, you can link from the Paul S Instagram, you'll see it on there. Um, or you can just do this with for your friends and family as well. I just think books, you know, yes, people need food. Yes, old people um, need books and they, you know, there's lots of different things. But I think those kids as well, whose parents might be working from home, might be struggling to give them that time and it's not their fucking fault. Nobody can prepare for this. You know, a book can occupy them. Little workbook, you know, activity books, etc. All that sort of stuff could mean so much to a kid. And keep them on track for next year as well. Because you don't want them getting behind at school the next year. Um, so yeah, I think just... We just all need to think about it, don't we? What what we can and can't do. And I think... Um, I was talking to my cousin yesterday. She is pregnant and um, works... Um, she sells cars. Uh, um, I'm not going to tell you the company. But anyway, uh, they only closed yesterday as well and you know and she's very high risk and and we were talking about how even in these times that are absolute madness what we are seeing so much of is loads and loads of kindness you know and i think you know seeing everybody trying to unite people and doing all these nice things on social media you know like sharing uh nice things about people or um you know different games and things and yeah online like interactive stuff yeah, and, and posting, you know, things like what people need. Um, does anybody need anything picking up? Like, the, these, luckily, um, in in these horrible situations, sometimes it brings out that basic level of kindness. You know, we stop thinking about, you know, when, when people aren't panic buying anyway, 
you know, we stop thinking about our needs and our selfishness sometimes, and we kind of get reminded about the the basic things of, do you know what, if your friend lives on their own, connect with them. You know, what can you do? Can you go and help people and deliver food for them? Can you, um, you know, call your grandma? <laughs> I don't know. Lots yeah. of things like that. And I think that is the nice, that's the nice side of this stuff. Um, going back to a very stripped back olden days world um there's something quite nice in that even though we didn't choose it for ourselves oh yeah something like doing stuff on behalf of others yeah if you if you feel like you can do it obviously not not everybody can um but yeah i think there's a lot to be said for even if it's just writing someone a letter getting someone's address and sending them a letter um you know things that are safe for you and for you and other people um yeah just we've certainly got a lot of time in our hands to be creative that's for sure yeah <laughs> we've <probably laughs> some, have some good ideas there's um speaking of that old lady who lives over at road there's a bloke here now there's a man who's just come with uh, a few bags of shopping and put them on her doorstep she's a very lucky lady with some very good family <laughs> yeah that's well nice um so shall we see about uh dialing in our special guest so people we've got a special guest for you tonight because it's proper exciting this special edition episode of this very not totally scary horrible coronavirus edition but anyway we've got a special guest um and she is going to talk to us about how important it is to join a union because like we've just been talking about for the past however long it's been like 45 minutes is you've got to protect your peoples and we've got to look after each other and we've got to figure out how we can help um and you know you don't know what you don't know i don't know anything about unions i've seen lots of people talking about it um i am not in a union I have no idea what they are. And I think it's like a scary world that people think, oh, well, I don't really know what that is, so I'm not sure. And I probably don't need it anyway, because someone might have told me about it if I did, sort of thing. So anyway, special guest, it's Holly! Yay! Yay! <laughs> Thanks for having me. This is very exciting. Thanks for coming on. I can't believe it's your first time on Paul. I've just I know. Oh my god, I feel like this is all my hopes and dreams coming true. I just want to thank everyone for making this happen. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've peaked. Yeah. <laughs> I've got no left, that's it. <laughs> um, no, I love talking about unions and I'm actually, I didn't know you weren't in a union, Em. That's, uh, well, that's new. I, no, I, I thought as soon as you say that, I was like, oh. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Mate, I'm here for it because... Well, it's going to be having strong words. It feels like it's one of them things where you just... Do you know, like, in your life where one day someone goes, why haven't you got a pension? And you're like, oh, am I supposed to have a pension? Do you know what I mean? You don't really know what it is <laughs> yeah. until someone explains it to you in words that you understand. So I think that's where you're going to come in very helpful for me and lots of other people. Oh, I hope so, because I think, I know what you mean, because I think unions feel a little bit, if you don't, if you're not in a union and your co-workers aren't in a union, it feels weird and you're not sure what it is or what it does. Um, but then when you're in a union, you just realise, oh, this is just so essential for your, your everyday life. It just seems 
really natural that you should be in union. So hopefully chatting about it will hopefully encourage people to seek out unions if they're not already in one. Yay! <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> one, aren't you? Yeah, um, I feel like I was one of them people that was like, oh, I'm going to join a union. I'm going to join a union for like years. And then I did eventually, mainly because I feel like Hollywood stopped being friends with me. <laughs> I didn't join a union. <laughs> so I was, no, it's good though. Um, but yeah, but now at work, we're also always like, join a union, join a union. We've been doing that a lot recently to everyone. Because a lot of people we work with are quite young. They're a lot of them students, so they probably haven't, Maybe the first job or stuff like that, but we're always like, P.S. Join a union. <laughs> so, what the hell is a union? <laughs> well, <laughs> to put it simply, union is. Um, I'm sure there's like a really nice, neat definition that if you look it up, but this is just kind of my version of it. It's a, a group of workers looking out for each other and holding the organisation that you work for to account. And I think the problem is a lot of what the union does is behind closed doors and it might be a little bit invisible. So you might not realise that some of the benefits that you have at work are because a union did that for you. So knowing like how much sick pay you have, like maternity leave that you're allowed to take, how many hours you're supposed to safely work in a week, what health and safety procedures there at work, that was given to you because a union put the hard work in and challenged the government challenged your employer and put those things there and a lot of that stuff doesn't get talked about so when when you were saying you know you don't really know what union does I think that's because a lot of union stuff is actually a bit behind closed doors and not a lot of people know um and there's like Selena was saying there's definitely a generational gap as well it's like a lot of young people like coming out of like school and college and uni and that maybe their only experience of being in a union might be a student union which is a valid union as well but when they're going to get a job they think unions are kind of like this old-fashioned thing that maybe their parents were in and it doesn't really apply to them um and I think there's a real gap between what unions have done historically and what they should be doing now which is kind of reaching out to more young people and you know going into schools and maybe working with young people at a very young age letting them know just what unions can do for them spawn and that's easy to understand <laughs> so i appreciate that <laughs> yeah i was like that's a very nice clear definition like, yeah very good very good and there's um i think a lot of people ask me like depending on what job you have like what union should you join because it's not always immediately obvious sometimes when you start a new job you might get told oh by the way there's a union here and this is you know come join us but if you started a new job and your colleagues aren't telling you that, then you're like, well, am I allowed to join a union? Like, is there a union already there? Um, you've got a complete legal right to join a union. Even if there isn't a union at your current workplace, you can you can bring a union in and start one. It's not illegal. You're absolutely entitled to do that. Um, and if you're not sure which union is for you, there are different unions depending on what job you do. So if you work in a specific industry or a specific type of role, there are unions specifically designed to help people like you. And if you're really unsure, if you go on the TUC website, which is the Trade Union Congress, they've got like a little questionnaire there that asks you, you know, what kind of job do you work in, um, which industry, 
and it, it really narrows it down and then it suggests like five or six different unions for you to try out and get in touch with lovely so okay, i've um, um oh go on no, you go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you go on. You go on. All right. Um, well, what I was going to say is, like, I don't know where where it comes from or why I've got this in my head, but I also feel like, is it, like, do, do employers react strangely when you say, like, oh, can I just ask about a union? Because it sort of feels like you're, like, a rebel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think a bad employer would treat you differently and act weird about it. A good employer shouldn't fear a union and they should welcome them in. Um, and I think if you work in like big organisations, they're very used to like saying, yes, here's the union. But if you're working for like more small private companies, then there is a little bit of hesitancy there. You are protected by law, but you can't be treated any differently from being in the union. You can't be discriminated against. They can't hold it against you. They certainly can't sack you for being in a union. Um, it doesn't mean that employers won't try not to put people off because I think people do have those fears. Um, but if you are worried about, will this be held against me? Am I going to be seen as a trouble causer? I would definitely say reach out to a union rep if there is one or reach out to the union themselves just to get a bit of advice in that. Because if you're the first person bringing in a union, it does feel a bit scary. But there's lots and lots of things that the union can do to take that pressure off you to have those conversations with your managers for you and just to make it a little bit easier. Bloody great. Love that. So that website again, did you say the TUC? UC, um, uh, I don't know what the actual website address is, like tuc.org or something. Um, they've got like a questionnaire on there to help you figure out what union you should be in. Excellent. So yeah, if... So um, I'm in two unions, you see, because I'm Johnny two jobs. <laughs> so I just really wanted to impress Holly. I'm like, I'm not in a union, so I'm going to be in two, just just so you definitely still be my friend. <laughs> so, yeah, so obviously, as I spoke of, my one job is retail, so I'm in a retail-based union. And then my other job is self-employed artist. So there is also an artist's union, which I would encourage anyone to join. Um it's like quite a, it's a small union in like my retail and that's like a big well-known <clears throat> union but it it was really helpful for um kind of i think it'd be helpful during this time as well so if there are people that are i say like self-employed and after they'll probably have advice about what you can and can't get um it yeah. also provided public liability insurance as well which i used to pay for separately outside of the union which if you are Often, if you're doing workshops with some organisations, young people, or having stalls or things like that, you often get asked for public liability insurance. So it is something really handy to have. That was my, yeah. that was like my work right there, handy to have. <laughs> but I think that's, that's a really good point because a lot of people ask me, like, you know, potentially people who work as an artist, but like not like quite precarious income coming in people often say oh I'm not sure if I can afford to be in a union and I think the artist union England which you're talking about because they provide public indemnity insurance as part of your subs I often tell people you really can't afford not to be in that union because you're not having to then pay for that insurance separately it's worth your annual subs for the year it was actually less than the insurance itself if that helps anyone like 
what I'm paying to be part of that union is less than what I've paid for just the insurance separately. So really worth it then, yeah. yeah. And I think um another thing to bear in mind if people can't afford to join unions, because it is a it is quite a bit of money. Like I I can comfortably pay eight pounds a month to be in my union, but I know that for other people that is that is a huge amount of money to spend per month and it could go on other things. Um, and there is a sliding scale for unions as well. So a, a lot of unions base it on what your salary is and that adjusts depending on what bracket you're in. And if you are struggling to pay union subs, I think it's worth getting in touch with the union and letting them know and seeing what they can do because there is some flexibility around that as well. Amazing. Yeah, with, with my retail one that it's based on if you work full-time or part-time, because I'm part-time, I think it's around like half, like £4 something a month or £3.88 or something like that. But yeah, so it like Holly said, it does work out on what you're getting paid. If um if we go back to what we were saying earlier as well about the sort of spare change that you might have, or if you think about things really properly and have a bit of discipline with yourself and say, look, actually, I did spend twenty five quid this week just on coffees and teas or whatever. Like you, if you can visualize where you can try and free up that money, I think as Holly said, it's definitely worth it like you could spend four quid like pretty easily sometimes without even realizing it especially in a whole month um yeah that's a good way of thinking about it i think yeah and i think what you get out of it as well is you know you've got access to then free legal advice and if anything ever happens at your employer and you needed to get a solicitor you're talking about hundreds if not thousands of pounds and i think by being part of union you're covered for those kinds of instances um, where I work at the moment, the union secured the biggest pay rise that our organisation has seen in 20 years. Amazing. <laughs> the organisation didn't do that because they felt generous and had loads of money. Like They had loads of money, but they, weren't trying, they were trying desperately not to give it to us. And we, the unions put so much pressure on them and made their lives hell for the best part of two years that they eventually gave everybody, well, most people a pay rise. But they don't tell they don't tell their employees, oh, we did this because the unions put pressure on us. They make it sound like we were thinking we were feeling really generous. We wanted to make your lives easier. Here's some money. Hmm. And that's what I'm talking about when a lot of the union stuff is behind closed doors. So I part of my role as a union rep is to inform people and say, look, you're not in the union right now, but you've just benefited from the work of the two unions working behind closed doors on your behalf, putting the putting the hours in you know, holding our organisation to account because the union did that. You've now got a pay rise. Like, it's worth you then joining the union to be part of that in future to help your fellow colleagues as well. So, yeah, I think it is difficult. Not everyone can afford to be in a union, but the benefits for it far outweigh not being in a union, particularly now with what's going on. Yeah, now is the time. Yeah, and, like, uh, the union that you're in, Selena, the, um, the Ustar one, the, is it yeah. Union of shop they're the union for retail workers they're doing really yeah. amazing things um they're putting in like lots of health and safety procedures for um frontline key staff in like supermarkets and things like that they've got those protective screens put in place in morrison's to protect um workers on tills and things like that morrison's weren't going to do that that wouldn't have happened if the unions hadn't have really like pressured um pressured the organization to do that and uh, like unions like the Artists Union of England and also GMB are also campaigning and lobbying the government to put like wage measures in for self-employed freelance and zero contract staff as well. So 
there's lots of really good things happening now with unions that the government aren't going to tell you that's because unions are doing this stuff, but it is because unions are doing those things. I love it. It's like loads of secret, bloody great good eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like good eggs that don't want the glory. They just want to change. Get shit done. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Just saving everybody. Don't mind me, you know. <laughs> so, Holly, you know, you said you were a union rep. What does that mean? And how do you go about being one? Um. I became a union rep by accident because um, the place where I work, we went through a period of about four restructures in five years and it was pretty rough. And during the last restructure, I just thought, fuck this, this is just terrible. I need to do something. I was already in the union, but I wasn't a rep. And I got talking with the other reps and I got talking with the union secretary who came in and was just amazing, gave us so much help. And then at the end of that, he just said, you know, you were really good in those meetings. You really defended yourself well and defended your colleagues well. Have you thought about doing this on a bigger scale? And I hadn't, but I had a lot of anger. And I thought I might be able to channel this into something productive and help other people as well. Um, And so, yeah, I just kind of put my name forward. And it's a voluntary role. You're not getting paid for it. Um, But you're helping other members of staff across your organisation. Sometimes it's just to vent and just kind of like tell you about crap things that happened to them and you're kind of reassuring them that they're going to be looked after sometimes people will come to you and say my contract's about to end um i think i should be a permanent member of staff can you help me or people might come to you and say i'm being bullied by my manager can you help and sometimes it's just about going into a meeting with them and having somebody there to witness what's going on and often that's enough to make the manager's be on best behavior and kind of you know treat them nicely Ooh, and then anything so good yeah just having someone there is so supportive and it's so amazing and I am not qualified to do a lot of personal cases I've only just started doing personal cases in the last few months anything that is you know way out of my comfort level I hand over to the union secretary but it's just it's such an amazing group of people and they've absolutely had my back for the past few years and it's really nice to be able to help other people mate I bet it is and do you know what I think I've been in some of them situations in my past history of rogue working and um, I think just knowing that you know like kind of the imposter syndrome stuff kind of ties into it as well but I just think so many people don't realise or don't know when people are taking the piss you know and that's a light phrase to use but you know it can be really serious stuff like I think there's a lot of rogue bosses out there and people who just get away with stuff because they don't they know that people don't realise their rights. Yeah, so that sounds so good. In your place of work as well, you just think, oh, either you kind of convince yourself that's just how it is, like you say, an imposter syndrome, or, or you're too scared to, like, at the end of the day, you're like, well, I'm going to lose my job, and then I won't have a job, yeah. and then that'll be shit. So you, you, you just put up with a lot of shit. Yeah. You're worried about the outcome. Yeah, one of the things, I did a personal case recently for someone and the outcome was really successful and they were so grateful and they just said, I wouldn't have been able to stay in my job if the union hadn't have helped. And I said, we didn't actually do anything. All we did was remind the organisation of employment law, like the very basic level of care that the organisation is meant to provide. We just kind of gave them a nudge and reminded them, oh yeah, do you remember this thing you're supposed to do for everyone? Can you please do it? So we didn't do <laughs> 
it was just like a very straightforward thing but just sometimes having somebody else in the room kind of enforcing it just makes the world a difference and you don't realize actually the amount of rights that you have is just astounding and they're you know, your organisation isn't going to tell you everything you're entitled to get because it'll be an inconvenience to them. And I think the union's yeah. job is to make their lives a bit difficult sometimes. And I guess it'd just be nice to have that person in the room who's saying, like, you know, just so again, so you're not like, is this wrong? Mm, maybe it's not. Maybe I'm, but just once we're like, no, they shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Just that person to say that. And I think, I guess, uh, a union rep would be is good for that, for letting you know, like, no, that's not right this is the way it should be done let's let's sort yeah. this out and anyone could be a union rep as well like before I became a union rep I had no knowledge I'd never done anything proper with the union before I didn't know about employment law um I just said can I get involved please and they gave me all the training they told me what to do they've been really supportive and I've got really good people around me so I'd, sometimes people think oh I don't know enough about the law or I, I'm you know I'm not high up enough at work to be able to do this literally anybody can do it it's it's for everyone mate this is buzzing i'm so glad you joined in today on this special episode i'm excited and and the other one i was going to say that i didn't get to mention is um the renters unions so um if you're a renter you can join either london renters union or the tenants union uk or acorn and they all lobby the government on your behalf to give renters more rights particularly during what's happening at the moment um, they give advice about organizing rent strikes they've got an amazing template on their website where you can download it and give a copy to your landlord to start a discussion about you know paying rent during this really difficult time if you may be out of work or um, not sure how you're going to get paid during the next few months so there's there's basically union for everything that's amazing i did not even bloody know about renters union either yeah in- because acorn have offshoots of where your area is as well don't they yeah it's like local chapters of it um there's also oh did you mention um one in manchester that i may eventually when life stops being a bit wild um be part of which is a uh, tenants union uk which is especially in north manchester as well um because a lot of folks i think it's, it's all manchester but also focusing on all of Manchester, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Often North Manchester forgets the garden about <laughs> repping up me North Mank. <laughs> it wouldn't be an episode of Poor Lass if you didn't rep North Mank. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anything else on uh, on unions, Holly? Um, join a union. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, join a union and be active in a union that's my other bit of advice like if you're already in a union and you're like yeah yeah yeah, this doesn't apply to me I'm already in a union my other bit of advice is be active like go to union meetings where you can talk to your union reps ask if they need more reps because quite likely they will always need more reps um and just make sure you know if you're in a union are the people that you work with also in a union just you know be active do what you can bloody love it so Thanks for that. But also, like, while you're here, and because we're going to close the podcast in a sec, I feel like we need to go on a high. So the very important question is, what treats have you got in your house for the apocalypse? What are you I looking forward say- to? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> treats. 
I have got no treats in. I am dying. I don't know what to do. Um, I ate my last hobnob today. Oh, mate. I know. I know. I ate my last hobnob um, and I am venturing out to the shops tomorrow. It's my weekly shop tomorrow. I am desperate for party rings. I need party rings so bad. Yeah. Mate, I hope the Aunt Panic bought them. I hope you get some. <laughs> Me too. If not, you might have to share your details and we're all going to have to send you some. <laughs> you like a mountain of party rings in the post. <laughs> I'm this is a new thing. I'm all about this now. What, what can we send each other from our own houses using the <laughs> internet? <laughs> what have, I don't, I've not got any treats. I what? You know what? I'm, right, Chris, even crisps. I'm like, I joked the other day because my mum come back from Asda, and I was like, people think you're gonna be stockpiling crisps, but it was just a usually, not even weekly, like a tri-weekly crisp shop, but it shed a lot. <laughs> I'm like, people think you're gonna be stockpiling, but all I've got is some own brand pom bears because I'm reviewing them for me crispy. But I've not, and other any other than that, what else have I got? Um, no biscuits, nothing. Bloody hell, oh. you pair are letting me down here. I know, I need to go and stock up. I think, I, think it's... I get all flustered when I get in there and I'm like, oh, yeah. I what, what I need. And also, like, I know it's only the second week of, like, this is my second week of being in the house now, but as soon as I have treats in the house, I can't make a mask. They're gone within a day. I can't. That's a... can't yeah, well, I'm going to do some <laughs> baking tomorrow, but when I do baking, I literally will eat it in that day. And then I'm like, oh. Well, yesterday, it's gone. Yeah, that is the problem, right? And so today, right, here's a confession. So I got some fresh stuff because I was like, right, fresh stuff's quite hard to come by now, right? So um, I got a load of fresh stuff. So I made this, like, vegetable bake yesterday. And um, so I saved some vegetables left to have today. And I just thought when it got to, like, 5 o'clock, I'm just going to eat a pizza because everything out your freezer is so much fucking cooler and I've got wedges and I've got waffles and I've got smiley faces and I got basically everything when I went in the other day I just got all the good frozen shit right so that's all I want to eat because I know it's there I don't want to eat the vegetables (laughs) when you know stuff's there you just eat it it's like I get a big bag of crisps and I'll roll it up you know, I'll eat some, then I'll fold it down, put a clip on it, put it back in my crisp basket, go sit down on the sofa, then two minutes later, I'm up, I've got over unraveled it. And then, like, ten minutes later, right, I'm all... I've got no self-control on that. See, this is the problem, right? And uh, also, apologies for the rough, rustling sound in the background. Because I've, like, just only moved out recently, my cat is, like, up in all these boxes having a great time, just while I'm sat in here. She's scratching all up the sides of stuff. <laughs> so... Sorry about the interruption. Um, but anyway, right, so I went to the corner shop, yeah, because I found my, my new corner shop. And I was talking to the lass there. She's a top lass. Had the shop for 26 years. Had a good chinwag. Anyway, she has got the best sweet selection in the world. So in my fridge, it's like a bit of vegetables at bottom, but mostly just a bunch of chocolate bars all in fridge. And that's, <laughs> and that's all I can think about. <laughs> and I've got a tin of pop here as well. It, that's it. This quarantine is just going to be eating like a bloody king. <laughs> living, loving life. Yeah. Yeah. I need to up my snack game. Yeah, you do. And then not eat my snacks all in one go. <laughs> it's got to be done. <laughs> got to be done, mate. And you know, since we're only allowed like one trip out a day, you'll have to get just plenty, plenty for the week. 
for the day, you mean? For the one day. I'll eat them all in that one day. <laughs> for your week's supply, but in your one hour con- consuming? Yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Well, listen, right, I'm going to start a thing, and it's going to be send us... I, I need to think of a great hashtag or something for it, but send us pictures of your treats. <laughs> I want to see what you've got in your fridge. <laughs> I also want to see if people start, you know, getting a bit... Uh, creative with their snacks putting different things on toast making different kinds of butties oh yes hey, mixing it up speaking it of fun. that do you know the sandwich that i have been enjoying for several days in the past two weeks is cheese beetroot yeah. and coleslaw yes that's that's been my choice i may may start adding it to a potato waffle when things <laughs> get really bad by like week five i think shit's gonna get proper weird <laughs> got smiley faces and a waffle with a bit of gravy and a twirl that's okay because that's what multivitamin tablets are for so you're fine exactly holly exactly everything's fine getting all the a to z and your five a day just eat all the good shit on the side (laughs) (laughs) you know balanced diet in it everything bit of everything well in that case, then I think I think we've uh, we've bloody chatted for an hour and a half as per usual. There. Well, <laughs> it's been a treat. No, we'll have to get you on again. Yeah, we'll have you back. You're all right, you. You were good, yeah. We'll have you. So <laughs> sing Billy Bragg songs next time. Sorry, I feel like I'm just like join the union, join the union. There's power in the union. Maybe I'll do some tap dancing Billy Elliot style. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. <laughs> This is shaping up nice, this next episode. Right, yeah. Quarantine's ended. You can go around the country just getting people to join unions. We recruit via tap dancing. Get my parker on. <laughs> I can be tap danced. Join a union. Join a union. I've got it started. Performance like that. Get an arts council from the... Yeah, get a, get a little grant for that, mate, I think. <laughs> back to work. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bloody great. All right, well... Thanks, both of you. I'll stop recording in a minute and uh, I'll bloody edit this and then everyone can, can listen to it and obviously go join a union on the back of it. <laughs> Yay! Yay. <laughs> All right, see you later.